Hi, this is David from Wedding Business Growth. Wedding Business Growth is committed to helping you succeed in the wedding and events industry and grow your business in a sustainable way. Thank you for tuning into Wedding Business Growth Podcast. And now stay tuned for part one of this episode. Hello, hello, hello. We are here. On, we everyone? are live. Yeah, what's going on? Good to be here today. We Good are to uh, back. back for another version. Version? Edition? Edition. Edition. Yeah. The 420 edition. I'll, <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try not to allude to that too often today, but it is 420. It's 420. Yes. Um, Luther so, Vandross's birthday as well. As oh, look out. at you yeah. dropping the knowledge. Luther Vandross's yeah. birthday. Very good. Well, let's uh, let's bring Frank in right away. We're not going to spend it. as much time anymore as we normally do in the beginning. Uh, we're just going to get right into the show because we've got a lot to talk about and we've got some awesome guests with us. So we want to jump right into it. Frankie, Frank, where are you at? How you doing? I can. Well, he was there and then he was gone. <laughs> hey, I swear he was there. Um, How was your week? Man? My week was good. It was busy as normal. Yeah. Um, so there's that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that you're busy. What all did we do? Oh, we worked together this weekend. We sure did. So that was good. That, yeah, that was, was fun. Good wedding. Um, yeah. Anything else going on? Just blessed to be here and 
happy and yeah glad to be alive man yeah so um for those of you that are watching or maybe listening to the replay just want to remind everybody um that we are now broadcasting the show live every tuesday night 7 p.m eastern standard time just like we always do um but now we are broadcasting that live in our facebook group which is on obviously facebook and you can just search wedding business growth on facebook and you will see that group uh you you will have to request to join the group we don't mind anybody joining that's in the wedding and events space and industry um we want it to be a community where you can come to and learn from each other learn from the folks that we have um, yeah. on the show with us and uh, we just encourage everybody to to continue to help us grow this community we've already seen some really great things happen and we're just excited about what is going to continue to keep happening in uh in the group all right so uh frank might be having troubles we all know if you follow the show you pretty much know that he uh is in the process of moving and in the process yeah. of of kind of uh uprooting his family from one place to the other so he yeah. has uh, been dealing with those challenges so when we see him back in the green room uh we'll bring him back back on the show but for the sake of time and for uh, and and to keep the show going, we're just going to go ahead and get started here. And by the way, if you're watching, feel free to drop a comment. Let us know who you are, where you're checking in from, and uh, we're we're excited to have you with us tonight. We're happy you're able to make it tonight. So we'd love to hear from you, and we always love communicating with our audience, and especially once we get our guests on the show. Uh, you are more than welcome to ask questions and so on and so forth. Look at there, Doug Yost. Always new nuggets of knowledge to be gained. Thank Thanks you for, for that. In. Thank you for saying that, Doug. We appreciate, appreciate that. that. All right. So I'm going to read the bio of our guests with an S. That's good. And, uh, <laughs> and then we'll go ahead and bring them on the show. And we'll just dive right into this thing right away. So if you are not familiar with them, which, by the way, if you're on Clubhouse, you should be very familiar with these two people. Um, but if you're not, then let me let you know a little bit more about them. So Renee and Mark are the founders of Team Wedding Marketing. They were both wedding pros. Mark owned a DJ service cool, already something in common. And Renee was a wedding planner, florist, and decorator. But ultimately, they became wedding show producers, the best wedding showcase and the wedding experience. 10 years ago, they met at an industry conference and eventually began collaborating on projects. They experienced the synergy and benefits of two industry peers learning from each other and expedited the growth of their individual brands, which is kind of what you and I have done. Pretty so, much, so yeah. once again, another awesome. thing um, that we have in common with them. Uh, their many years of wedding show industry gave them valuable marketing skills. Each year, they successfully sold thousands of engaged couples, motivating them to invest their valuable time and money to attend their events. As the world of marketing shifted from traditional advertising to digital, they also evolved with it as well. Uh, along the way, they've helped hundreds of wedding pros improve their marketing efforts by sharing their knowledge and real-world experience. Chances are you've heard of them at a seminar or conference. They're always at Wedding MBA. They also have a podcast and a webinar that you can find on their YouTube channel. And perhaps they've even talked to you personally on one of their wedding marketing success sessions. Throughout the interaction of Thousand Wedding Pros, uh, they saw a recurring theme, which is most are far better at doing weddings than they are selling them. Very good point. I love that. Uh, more often than not, they are overwhelmed by the juggling act of servicing this month's weddings while also having to generate future wedding business. Yes, a lot of people in our industry definitely, definitely, definitely deal with that. Um, let's see, I lost my place for a second. There we go. As wedding show producers, they felt the same way. It was a lot more fun to choose wedding dresses for their fashion shows than it was to prove to pour over websites, analytics, but they understood in order to thrive or even survive, they had to do both. So what are they doing now? For the past few years, they've been laying the groundwork for a marketing agency that specifically serves the needs of wedding pros. 
With COVID-19 hitting hard, large shows such as theirs were no longer possible. They decided to take the time to make plans, or make their plans, excuse me, a reality. They like to joke that they were pivoting before it was fashionable to pivot. <laughs> I like that one. Before pivoting uh, was a thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, their mission is to give wedding pros direct access to their laser folk market, laser focus marketing skill set. They have a unique understanding of the wedding business, the seasonability, or excuse me, the seasonality, sorry, the emotion and the time constraints of wedding pros. Team wedding marketing will help sell more and free up your time to do more of what you love. And with wow. that said, I would like for everybody to help us welcome Mark and Renee from Team Wedding Marketing. How are you all? Thanks for being on. Hello, thanks hey. for having us. Thank you, thank you. And somebody said you guys rock. Thank hey, you for who said that. Thank you. <laughs> that was that great introduction. Like, how how did you come up with all that stuff? About oh, I know, I know. Right off the top of my head, I thought of it all. <laughs> That's called uh, marketing. There you go. Uh, and by the way, I see Frank is back. So we're gonna be, we're gonna see if we can bring Frank back in here. Are you back, buddy? I mean, I don't know. My internet has been <laughs> ridiculous for like the last two days. So maybe we'll see. That's no all right. Well, we, we give you a path in your uh, travels of moving and uh, house every, adventures. Yeah. Anybody who's been through that completely yeah. understands what you're going through. So not a problem there. Mark and Renee, what have y'all been up to? I mean, this is a lot of stuff, yeah. but you guys have been super busy. I just I just mean lately recently yeah. you know we've been spending a lot of time on clubhouse finding yeah. a lot of great people which is where we met y'all and I said y'all because you guys are in Jacksonville thank so you thank you for doing that are you in the area of Pennsylvania where they say yins or is that only like in Pittsburgh oh no okay now okay you open that can of worms uh -oh. yeah, yeah so I'm right in Lancaster County so we have okay. the and the cost and the pigs and the horses you know so <laughs> it's, it's, we have that but um no they, they say you you around here but actually out of all the choices I pick y'all I think y'all is the best if we're going to do that. So, I love it. yeah, I think that's the best. But what have we been doing? We have been helping wedding professionals with marketing. What we're finding is um, over the years, we just dove more and more into digital marketing to promote our wedding planning events, our bridal shows, our wedding expos, whatever you want to call them. And we've been digging in deep and learning so much. And in that process, we started working with our exhibitors one-on-one -on -one, and we had a recurring theme where they kept saying to us, um, I need more leads, I need more leads. And they, we realized that they were getting leads at our shows and they weren't converting them. And this mm. is where the whole thing transpired that we realized there's a lot of things going on, which is what we wanna talk about tonight is we want people to look and realize that it may not be that you're not getting leads. There's a few other factors going on and, and we've got about three different ways we can chew that up and help people get introspective and, and look at what they're doing. And hopefully people tonight will get some answers. I love that. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I just uh, I just looked at the Facebook page. That was also our buddy uh, Eric Godfrey who helps yeah. us. We, Eric actually helps us out a lot behind the scenes. Ironically, he is in Lancaster, PA himself. Um, so cool. you guys might be uh, neighbors or, or very what close to. Do? He is a DJ. I do not know Eric. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to connect you both. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good guy. So you bring up a good point about leads, and I think that a lot of times. It, it goes into this thought process of 
if you don't even really know where you're going, how are you ever going to know where you need to get to? And if you don't know where your leads are coming from, then you don't know what best, um, you know, practices and, and ways to maximize that situation. So Matt, that's probably a good starting point to kind of dive into what we're going to talk about tonight, if that's all right with you all. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's our favorite topic. So, Mark, do you what do you want to share with? Do you want to share the where do we start? <laughs> right. I, so the um, it is so important for a number of reasons in the micro and the macro to know where your customers are coming from. Mm. And in the micro, it is just, it dictates your entire sales presentation when you, um, when you know where they came from. For example, if a, um, if a couple comes to you and you ask that question, how did you find out about us? And, and they say, well, let me tell you, I, you did my best friend's wedding. She absolutely loved you. I went to that wedding. It was an amazing wedding. Now mine's going to be more amazing, but she had a really awesome wedding. She had nothing but great things to say about you. And I know that I want to hire you for my wedding and I don't care how much it costs. You're going to treat that sale a little bit differently than uh, the one who says, well, you know what? I just Googled DJs in my city and there's 300 of them. How much do you charge? You're going to treat those leads completely differently. And so I know this is a kind of a ridiculous uh, 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 way to tell it, but it is. Um, but it happens all the time though. So really, it's, really, it's yeah. not so ridiculous, honestly. You have to know where, I mean, they're not all going to be as blatant as that, but the uh, it, once you find out where that lead came from, then you know how to sell to them. You know who you're competing against. You know a whole lot of things from that. Now, what happens in real life is that um, you ask how they found out about you and they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm on your, I found your website or I found you on Google. And, and we're going to talk um, uh, more about that over the course of the evening. But the, um, but what happens is uh, Google is the gatekeeper for everything. Mm, and yeah. they could have seen you at a wedding expo. They could have found you on Wedding Wire or The Knot, or it could have been a referral, or they found you in a magazine. Whatever it is that you do to promote yourself, they found you. They could have seen you on a billboard. And they're going to tell you that um, that they found you on Google because that was the last stop. So Google right. tends to get a lot of credit that it does not um, deserve. And it's a concept that's known as last touch attribution. When you ask a simple question, how did you find out about us? They're going to tell you the last place they found out about us, about you. But there's probably others. And when they say something like, I found your website, or they found you on Google. You generally need to dive a little bit deeper into that question uh, because that's probably not the real answer to it. Yeah, I was going to say, is there a better way to ask that question? Maybe it's actually it's you go deeper. Okay. So what, this is one of the first exercises we start doing when we work with a new client is we have them set up a simple Excel spreadsheet, a Google Google sheet, and then you put all the columns of everything, every place they could have heard about you, right? Every place, and then add a few on there. 
-hmm. And so if you're doing your consultation, you know, through Zoom or through the phone, say, hey, um, just if I could take a few minutes of your time, I want to go through every single place that you may have heard about us. Uh, and then you go through each thing and say, and then you're clicking it. That's one way to do it. Then you take the totality of that spreadsheet. And then every month you're going to look and you're going to see which areas have the most. Now this gives you a truer picture than just giving them a choice of one. Now there's other ways you can do that. You could send them a, a survey chimp ahead of time before the consultation. And then just say, could you take a few minutes or even, you know, if you're doing a Zoom, you could give them the link and you're doing a little bit of paperwork, you know, and, and doing that. I used to do something like this. It was a sheet of paper. I would leave it with them and I say, I'm going to go get your cold beverage um, and I'd go get their glass of wine or their soda or whatever they wanted. That gave them a few minutes with nothing else to do. And so just click, at, you know, just do that. But since in-person consultations are not that popular anyways but with covid you know you have to come up with other ways but that's mm -hmm. simply you have to go deeper with that question instead of just asking for one it's thing. always so funny when i hear someone who says i get all my business from instagram or i get all my business from one thing or another and it's like no you don't you think you do because they're all telling you they found you on instagram when in fact they probably found you two or three other places that, uh, and they just loved your Instagram page and that's the last place yeah. that looked before they reached out. So you have to be careful about that or else you'll end up, um, you'll, you'll end up canceling or stopping some things that may be bringing you more business than you think, but it was just something that was earlier on in that uh, awareness phase. You know, I want to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you something. I'm very clairvoyant. I'm going to tell each of you guys exactly what to do more marketing of. And that goes for everybody watching right now. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. This is really deep. So get ready to write this down. So I want the mo the marketing that you should be doing more of, the advertising more of, is where you're getting most of your leads from. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, it's really that simple. It's like people go, what should I be doing? We're like, well, what's working? what's working, but they don't know. So we have to start at level 101 with each client and find out what's working and then do more of that and then add other things. But usually they don't have enough information. Now, of course we have Google Analytics and we can see you know, where people are coming in, but some people don't even have their Google Analytics connected. So that's a whole other topic. What I love about that, and, and we've had um, you know Dylan who's been yeah. a, a, a frequent guest on one of our other podcasts and, and one of the things that he said one time that that i'll never forget is that exactly what you're saying when you know more and you have more information you can ask better questions and that's essentially what you're saying is like we can ask better questions when we know better about what's going on in the first place mark i, I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier just because I'm, I'm curious your take on this when you gave those two examples of two different um scenarios and you and you said we would treat those two differently in and renee you could you could obviously answer as well in your opinion does it make sense to treat the two differently or should we really essentially be treating them the same way and probably the way we would be treating the scenario that you gave of you know saw you at the event etc cetera, etc cetera, or does it make sense to separate that completely differently i mean okay. if somebody is already if they're telling you and giving you those buying signals already now all of a sudden you know 
I'm not going to have to negotiate on price like I used to. That's not going to be as much of an issue. Uh, I'm not going to have to give a bunch of references. I'm not going to have to do all of the grind that you usually do. And then you can move on to the fun stuff. Um, with the other example where I'm calling everybody, how much is it? And keep in mind that how much is it is not necessarily an indicator that that's the only factor in the process. It's just, it is the question that works everywhere for someone who has never bought what you sell and doesn't know what questions to ask you. So that, that universal question of how much is it? A lot of people think, oh damn, another price shopper. When in fact, um, and you know, taking you back to my, uh, my DJ days, which was a, a long, long time ago. Um, but the, uh, we would get so many people. That was the first question. Uh, right. I need a DJ, how much is it? And we had positioned ourselves as a, a premium price service. We were at least 50% more expensive than our largest competitor. And if it was all about money, we would never work and they mm -hmm. would get all the work. And, and we were closing 50% of the people that we talked to. Uh, and they just, we just almost ignored that question uh, when we got it. And I can't believe that things have changed uh, you know, from what everyone tells me that that same question is still the first or second question out of their mouths. But it is, it's really only because they just don't have a clue what to, uh, what to, to ask. So they ask that question that works everywhere. Yeah. I think if we I think if we have the knowledge of knowing that that is not a not a question that should offend us, but but more so should immediately show you that okay, I I'm dealing with a client who maybe hasn't or, or a potential client I should say at this point, who maybe hasn't done a lot of research yet, maybe they're not 100% sure yeah. like a price point that even makes sense and the last thing they want to do is not sound educated, so they figure well you have to cost something. And so that to them feels like a reasonable question to ask. And I think you're right. So often people in our industry get offended by that. And it's like, yeah, don't don't let that offend you. Just understand the reason why the question is being asked in the first place. Yeah, it makes when sense. I used to when I was doing flowers, um, that was always a very common question. And I was in the middle for my pricing. I wasn't the cheapest, I wasn't most expensive. So when I got that question on the phone, and this is going back to the days when we are um, doing mo mostly phone calls. Like I've, I've been in this industry for many, many years. <laughs> so um, picking up the phone and it's like, you know, hello. And they say, how much are your flowers? And I'd say, I literally, I would put pregnant pauses into it on purpose. So it'd be something like this, it would be, Oh, oh, are, is is that how you're choosing your florist? And they'd say, oh, I, I don't know, kind, not really. And I say, well, here, okay, well, if you are, you're probably not going to pick us then because we are not your cheapest florist, and we're not your most expensive. But what I can tell you is, we are your best value. So if you're looking for the best value, then we can probably work together. But other than that, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be your cheapest. And every single time we continue with the conversation and i probably got the majority of those because once i got into the conversation that never backfired on me ever That's ever powerful. ever because yeah. what would happen is that and and it would be send me your price list send me your menu and i hate menus i hate mm -hmm. photographers are the worst that having a menu of all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff and the um and and 
we create that bad behavior by having them. Meaning so many times when you get that, what you think is a price shopper, simply because they just ask how much, you just, you, you, you get this idea that it's not gonna go anywhere. So let me send you my stuff just to get them off the phone or just to get the conversation moving along. Well, very soon um, that, that couple figures out like, this must be how you do it. You call everybody and ask them for their menus because that's all they want to do is send menus. Right. And, and then they line up all the menus with everybody else's and who, and, and then it turns into, you know, I, I mean, I've seen photographers that have, um, you know, it's like, the Chinese restaurant menu with a hundred different things, yeah. 82 different options. Right. <laughs> and the, um, uh, and so you have to just, you have to get beyond that because I can tell you that the, every couple is a high-end couple in some aspect of their wedding. And every couple is a low-end couple in some aspect of their wedding. So you can't make the assumption because their wedding is at the Holiday Inn versus the Ritz-Carlton, that there's not other parts of their wedding that they're going to be cheap about or that they're going to spend a disproportionate amount of their wedding budget. Some brides, it's all about the dress. Some want, like all they care about is an awesome DJ to have an awesome party and they'll spend less money than you might expect on other things. Everybody's got one or two hot buttons. So never, uh, you know, never stereotype based on where it's going to be because you never know. I mean, there are Vera Wang wedding gowns at the Holiday Inn and there are David's bridal gowns at the Ritz Carlton. It just depends on what your yeah. priorities are. Yep. That's, that's such that's a, a valid That's really true. Man, that's so valid. I, love I know that. that we could re we could put that on our own industry. Yes. Like we could definitely yes. attest to that for sure. And and I and think to your point, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Renee. I Sorry. wanted to go back to your question that you asked Mark about how do you treat those two separate? I just wanna I just wanna finish that off in my brain. It's yeah. like a dangling yeah. out there. How <laughs> 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 do I gotta end it? Um well you asked if you keep those those two calls, those inquiries, do you teach treat them separate. And he said 100% yes. And I agree. And the way I look at it is if you look at it is you got a, um, it's like you're playing a board game and the one person is their piece is way back here. And this is like a game. I can't think of one, but you got a card that says jump ahead, you know, 40 spaces. So when they're calling you up and saying you came as a referral or you, I, you did a wedding, or they give you any of these things, think of that as a card that has moved them forward. And what we've seen sometimes with people, and I know I've been guilty of it myself, you have this little thing where you go through, you have, okay, I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say this. Now all of a sudden they threw you off your game. So you had these things here and they've already given you that buying signal that they're like, here, don't waste their time. So you have to work on your sales skills to be able to, okay, I, this is important. How do I move that up here? get the point with, you know, cause it's like, maybe it's just something you have to say in there. But if, if they're ready to buy, ask for the credit card. Yeah. You ask don't need it. to compare yourself to the other DJs. You don't need to, there's a whole lot of selling yourself that you don't need to do when you get those buying signals. And, and, and whereas when they're comparing you, when it's, when it's a colder lead, 
and you know that they're comparing you to several others, then you have to go into that why we're better, why our value proposition is better, all of those things. You don't have to do that when you have somebody that's right from the get is giving you buying signals. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad I asked that question because I think sometimes people in our industry feel like they need to be given permission to do that. Like it's literally okay to do that. Yeah. And, and all of this ties so much into understanding the buying process that people are at. I mean, I think the whole concept of the buying process is so fascinating to me. And if you do understand that, then like you said, you understand that those are some steps that you can skip over. And the reality is that sometimes if you don't skip over those steps, because somebody is further along in the buying process, you may actually end up talking yourself out of the sale even. Oh, you mean there's other DJs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you, have, you, know, you have to know when to shut up. And I'm very yeah. guilty of this. I have listened to some of the calls that I've had with clients and it's like they were giving buying signals and I kept selling after I was getting the buying signals. And you've got to learn like, okay, you know, just move along. If it's somebody that is that sold on you, it can be like, well, what's your date? Ah, oh, that's a busy date. Let me go. Let me put you on hold for a minute and go check my calendar. And then uh, you grab a drink and then you come back and say, we can fit that in. Would you like to book it now? Because we are getting so much demand right now. And it could be the, your easiest sale of the year if you just know when to ask for it. Powerful. Yeah. And to, to David's point, um, I think that was like probably the number one thing I learned from, from David was asking where they are in the buying process and not being afraid to do that because it gives you so much more clarity uh as to you know like you said to where where you need to be and and what to ask for and where you can where you can go i found that to be really really effective for sure. yeah, when do you and, plan and, to be booking when do you plan to make this decision will it be in a few right. days or are you or are you a month out where are you where are you at in this right. and then the answer and then you have a reply to that okay well if, if you were going to tell me i'm glad you said a week because if you were going to tell me a month out, I'm going to tell you, you you're probably going to need to book us really soon then and make your decision because I don't, I'm looking at this date. I know we've had other inquiries. It's, you know, we have room for two more, one more, whatever it is. And you let them know. So right yeah. there's another opportunity to put another pin in it, you know, and just <laughs> say, you know, whatever they say, yeah. you always have that other thing you say on top of it. Yeah. Keep in mind that you have, um, they are calling you because what you sell is on this week's to-do list for their wedding. And the for anything from a venue to a DJ, they get on the they get to you on the list, they're going to spend maybe 30 days, at most 45 to 60 days making that decision. Your window of opportunity is short. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode. Be sure to tune in next time for part two on the Wedding Business Growth Podcast.